Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there and welcome to the Inner Life here today for this Wednesday of the seventh week of Easter. I'm Josh Raymond and glad to have you uh, coming along for this hour of spiritual direction here on the Inner Life. It is our program on Relevant Radio where we try and look at different aspects of our spiritual life and how we can grow closer to God, how we can develop that relationship with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. And so as we begin the program today, let me ask, did you ever learn something when you were young? And only later you found out what you thought you knew. It wasn't quite right. Maybe it was only part of the truth or part of the story or maybe you misunderstood something in that original explanation or you presumed that you thought something else was implied, but you found out later that it kind of missed the mark. Well, growing up for myself in a Baptist church, I really didn't ever hear the word sacrament. The sacraments, they're so central for us as Catholics. But if you had asked me when I was in my childhood or or teenage years, any point there, what a sacrament was, I would have just shrugged my shoulders and said, I I don't know. I could have taken a guess, but I, I really wouldn't have known how to explain what a sacrament is. For Baptists, as is the case for many other Christian, Protestant, or evangelical denominations, rather than having any sacraments, they have what you might call ordinances, something that you do out of obedience. You're following the teachings of Jesus, but there's not really this necessary aspect of the action other than that obedience. And the two main ones that we would observe as Baptists were the sacraments, well, again, ordinances for us, not sacraments, but baptism and receiving communion. And so baptism, that was only looked at as this outward sign of something that had already taken place in your soul or in your heart, you know, a, a decision that you'd made, but there was no actual grace received through the action and the words and the water, what we as Catholics call the form and the matter that make a sacrament valid. Even if the form and the matter were correct and the sacrament was valid for us as Baptists, we didn't believe there was anything really transformative that was happening to us in our baptism. And similarly, when it came to receiving communion, the bread and the grape juice, and I say grape juice purposefully because as good Baptists, you know, we did not drink any alcohol, uh, but the bread and the grape juice, they were only symbols of Jesus' body and blood. Now, actually, as Catholics, we would agree with that. We would say, yes, that is correct, that when a Baptist or some other Protestant or evangelical receives communion, they are only receiving a symbol. That real transubstantiated body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, it can only be received when those elements of bread and wine are consecrated by a validly ordained priest. And so both of these ordinances for me, growing up in my Baptist church, 
I received them, but not because I was getting anything extra. You know, there was nothing extra for me other than showing that I wanted to obey Jesus. When I was baptized, it was following his command. You know, when he told the apostles, go into all the world, into every nation, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then receiving communion, following his words there at the Last Supper with his apostles when he said, do this in memory of me. But then when I was in my early 20s and I was starting to learn about the Catholic Church, I started to examine and study what the Catholic Church teaches about the sacraments. Well, I started to realize there might be more to this than what I had learned growing up. Now, I also want to make very clear here, what I learned about my Christian faith from the people in that Baptist church, it was taught to me by people who love Jesus, and they were to the very best of what they knew. They were teaching me everything that they believed was important for my salvation and having a relationship with God. They were not trying to hold back any part of the knowledge of the faith. They were not trying to hide anything from me. They were passing on what they had learned. But as I studied more about the Catholic Church, about the faith that we believe as Catholics, I began to realize they might not have learned everything that there was to know about some very crucial aspects of Christian belief, especially when it came to the sacraments. And as I said, the sacraments, they're so central for us as Catholics. And today we want to especially look at the sacrament of confirmation. Coming up this Sunday, it's the Feast of Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and they went out to preach about Jesus and the church was born. 3,000 people baptized that very first day when Peter and the other apostles go out and they start preaching. And so it's this huge transforming event. But what is the sacrament of confirmation? It's associated with the Holy Spirit, but what is it, and how does it impact us as Catholics in our everyday lives? Well, to examine this sacrament, to learn more about it, to understand how we can live out this sacrament in our lives, we're joined by Father Michael Hurley, one of our spiritual directors here on uh, the, the Inner Life, and Father Michael is a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California. He's the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And Father Michael, thanks for coming back here on The Inner Life to help us understand the Sacrament of Confirmation today. Delighted to be with you, Josh. It's always so exciting to talk about our spiritual life, and in the special way, the season of, or novena season, I call it, right. because it's that, uh, <laughs> at that time in which we are expectant, eager, and have that desire to receive the fullness of the Spirit come Sunday in every bit as a uh, full way as those first apostles about 2,000 years ago. So it's, a, it's an exciting time. <laughs> it uh, is. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about this. I think it might be maybe the most hopeful, expectant week in the Church. Obviously, yeah. you know, there's the resurrection, but yeah. the fact that sure. Jesus— you know, he says, if I, if I go, I will come again. You know, if I leave you, I am going yeah. to prepare a place for you. So we have that with the ascension. And then he says, I will send the comforter. I will send the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, there's this expectation that Jesus will come again and this expectation that the Holy Spirit is coming. So really a hopeful week here in the church. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, Father. <laughs> but yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's like, it's like, like you, you know, you, when, when you're young and you have anticipate like 
you know, uh, like Christmas or your birthday and you're thinking about the gifts you're going to get or, you know, the, the day you're going to have with family or friends or the parties. And, and it's like that evening, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, the six hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep you get, but it seems like eternity. Right? <laughs> right. And I can only imagine for those first apostles when they're sent back and Jesus doesn't give them a time frame. He just says, go back to Jerusalem and wait. And they're like, Oh boy, how how long is this going to take it? Those those nine days probably seemed an eternity, <laughs> and yet how ready they were to be set on fire with the spirit. And for us too, we we have, if you will, the luxury of knowing that it's nine days, right? We don't have to uh, wait with uh, a sense of how long is this going to be. But even these days, uh, it's it it it's, it it serves us well to reflect on the desire of God and the eagerness God has to send his spirit of love in, into our hearts. And so, yeah, I, I hope to, I hope we can call down the Holy Spirit in this moment uh, and, and kindle in all listening today that, that, that fire, the presence uh, and the gifts and fruits of the spirit in, in your lives today. Well, and Father Michael, as we begin our conversation here, looking at the Sacrament of Confirmation, you know, I talked about the sacraments, but I really didn't define what a sacrament was. So for anybody listening who isn't maybe clear on what we mean when we talk about one of the sacraments of the Catholic Church, could you just explain what a sacrament is, what we believe when we talk about a sacrament? Oh, sure, yeah. No, I mean, you've got the classic Baltimore Catechism, a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ, which gives us grace. (laughs) Um, And what that means, to unpack that a little bit, is is that Christ continues, even though um, he, quote-unquote, has ascended to heaven, he continues to act in and through his church. And the sacraments are signs, symbols. You mentioned matter and form before, but basically it's just earthly stuff, oftentimes very ordinary stuff, that when uh, using the words of Christ himself or what tradition has given to us, affect what they symbolize. For example, the very beginning of the scriptures, in Genesis, God says, let there be light, and his actual words make the reality happen, right? If I walk into a room and say, let there be light, and the light goes on, that's, if you will, quote-unquote, small as sacramental. It, it, it affects what it symbolizes. And we believe, then, that Jesus has instituted uh, seven ways in which to give his presence, a guaranteed way that his presence in different ways, his grace, his very life is with us, and it's done through a, the ritual, the efficacious nature of words and deeds. So classically, baptism. You take water, and it's just ordinary water. You can literally use any water for baptism as a minister, and when that water is blessed, and when that water is poured, and you say the words that Jesus said in his very last will and testament, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and if you intend to do what Jesus does, that person now has the fullness of God's life in them, that sanctifying grace. And so with confirmation, what do you have? Well, you have the stuff is the, the oil, the chrism oil that the, the bishop uh, uh, blesses and, frankly, almost consecrates analogously at the chrism mass. And that oil is taken and it is signed on the forehead and with the words, be sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that sense then is that the Holy Spirit then in a, in a fresh way, in a new way, confirms that baptism and that life of Christ. And so the sacraments are symbols, signs, rituals that affect what they symbolize the guaranteed way that God is amongst them living in his people in every way. Now, that that's sealed with the Holy Spirit that, you know, you, you mentioned there. That's the, the phrase that always comes to my mind 
whenever yeah. I think of the sacrament of confirmation. But confirmation is also it's a a continuation or a completion of what began with our baptism. It's also considered one of the sacraments of initiation. Um, why initiation? especially for so many of us when it's something that might happen so much later past our baptism. Yeah, no, so it, it, in, in some sense, and, and you know, certainly uh, the sacrament of confirmation in terms of when it's given has uh, kind of changed over time or had different uh, kind of routes, depending on if you're in the East or the West, uh, uh, the Roman or the Eastern Catholic Church. But the the idea is that just as we discover in the Gospels, there is a moment in which uh, the disciple of Jesus himself is baptized, but then there is a further, if you will, um, strengthening for witness, a kind of public witness uh, that we are called to give to, as Jesus says, go out and to teach and to preach and to baptize. And for that, we need the powerful presence of, a, of the Holy Spirit in a kind of direct way. And so just as the apostles who were, if you will, baptized, they were connected uh, to Christ in that way, still needed that, that further uh, confirmation, that further um, uh, kind of instinct and movement of the Holy Spirit in their lives in order uh, to preach the gospel effectively. Yeah, well, it makes me think of, and I, I don't remember exactly where it is, but Jesus even says, you know, in the future you're going to be led before some public officials and before, you know, different people, and don't worry about what you are to say for the Holy Spirit yeah. will come upon you and give you what you are to say in that moment. Absolutely, yeah. No, we, we have, in a, in a sense, our natural capacities and abilities, all God-given, and yet there's a way in which, especially the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, that are given through confirmation, they are, if you will, that availability <laughs> to God's presence that go beyond our own intentionality, beyond the, even our own plans. They connect us to God's plan for our lives and for, and for the lives of others. Well, and so let's go back to that phrase, sealed with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, yeah. that phrase, when we hear that? Yeah, so it could mean a number of different things. So the, the, the first sense is just the, the, the word confirmation, uh, and that is, it comes from that, that sense of being conformed to Christ, that, that sense in which we are literally um, branded <laughs> is, 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 is the Latin root there, or if you will, like a tattoo, right? It's something that, that permanently marks the character of our soul. Confirmation is uh, one of the sacraments which was only given once and can only be given once because it, it, it radically, at the very root, <laughs> transforms our, our soul, our, our, our whole person in that way. And so it, it has that, if you will, a sacrament of character. And so therefore to be sealed <laughs> has that, that sense of we are marked for Christ. We are uh, conformed to Christ. We identify now as Christ. As, as St. Paul says, it's no longer I who am living. <laughs> it's Christ living in me. It's, it's the Holy Spirit living in me. And so that sealing is that kind of mark. Uh, the other way you might take sealing is a sense in which we see oil and just natural properties as, uh, in a sense, uh, helping to moisturize. So if you take baptism to be the, the sacrament, if you will, of hydration, so to speak, that we're washed clean, and water, of course, is synonymous with life. We, we need to you know, be hydrated and drink, <laughs> drink lots of water in order to be healthy. Um, oil 
kind of seals in that water. So if you if you if you're in a, a particularly dry climate, or you know there's there's a, a way in which you need to moisturize, you know we put on moisturizer, which is basically oil. And so you can see confirmation is sealing in the waters of baptism. In other words, uh, hydrating and moisturizing uh, that that sense of the Spirit that's given to us at baptism, but which is is now in a sense um, protected and in a sense uh, given a, a new sense of thriving and health and flourishing in every way. And so sometimes I call the chrism oil spiritual moisturizer in a sense that it, it in, in a sense, it, it gives that sense of baptism, uh, the full flourishing and health in every way, in a spiritual way. So out of curiosity, uh, you know, we talk about when we go into a church and we see the holy water there. And it's a sacramental, yeah. and we cross ourselves with the holy water. We talk about how it's a renewal of our baptismal promises, our baptismal vows. Yeah. Do we have anything like that for uh, the sacrament of confirmation, where there's kind of that renewal of our confirmation? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, I would think it's because even in confirmation, we have the renewal of the baptismal promises. So everything starts with baptism, right. of course. And so... Yeah. So I, there's not, as far as I'm aware, where the sign of the cross reaffirms our baptism, but insofar as confirmation is the fullness of our baptism, I would think, especially during this um, Easter season, uh, many liturgies will begin with a kind of sprinkling rite. Uh-huh. Um, so in, in that moment when, when, when the priest comes and will often take either the water used at our CIA or from a kind of bigger holy water font, maybe even the baptismal font, comes and sprinkles the congregation, I like to always make the point that this is that moment of renewal for our baptism, but also for those who've been confirmed of our, of our confirmation. <laughs> that is, that each one of us ha- have been equipped with the dispositions to receive the Holy Spirit in a way that goes beyond our own intentions and enables us to act, in a sense, like Christ, to be Christ for others, to bring the divine love into the world more powerfully because we have stood up and said, I do, right, <laughs> five times when we do those, uh, those kind of baptismal renewals. And so there's no gesture that I can better, because coming to mind that is, specifically confirmational, if you will, but that our confirmation always leads back to that, that very source of, of all life, which is baptism itself. And so they're connected in that way. Sure, sure. Well, and as you're talking about having that disposition, being open to the work of the Holy Spirit, to Christ working in our lives to be that witness for him, it reminds me of um, earlier today I read the opening paragraph in the Catechism on the Sacrament of Confirmation, and it has a quote in there from Lumen Gentium, uh, the Church document, and it says, For by the Sacrament of Confirmation, the baptized are more perfectly bound to the Church and are enriched with the special strength of the Holy Spirit. That's kind of what you've been talking about. Hence, they are, as true witnesses of Christ, more strictly obliged to spread and defend the faith by word and deed. And that right there, too, you know, that's strictly obliged. We have more of an obligation to go ahead and uh, to witness and defend our faith. Um, you know, that that's... Those aren't small words at that point, you know, that we're being charged there that, hey, if if you have been confirmed, there's something required, expected, demanded of you. Absolutely. And this is why in the in the old right of, of confirmation, the bishop and sometimes they'll even do it now. I've been I've been 
uh, a part where a bishop will give a little like gentle little tap on the cheek. There used to be a little a little bit of a the, the uh, confirmational slap on the cheek or that kind of as as in terms of the symbol is to say that, look, by acknowledging Christ, <laughs> the world <laughs> is going to come at you. And we, we know this. This is what Jesus says in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted, right, when you're persecuted. Um, and those shun you and speak evil of you in, in every way. And so we can expect that there's, we're going to be living a kind of life contrary to the world in the most general sense. And so it's not simply a matter of do we have a personality to go like, stand on the street corner or we get garious or somehow extroverted. It's each in our own way. We are called to make a witness to, in a sense, have the courage to stand up for our faith. And as God calls us uh, to once again, be that instrument or the means by which divine love is more powerfully present in the world. And so we have that responsibility. And to the extent that we are um, aware of that responsibility, we take that challenge on the Lord can, in a sense, make our lives more and more fruitful. We connect with the Spirit, and to the extent that we shy away from that, that's really where the sense of failure, I, I, I often will, um, as we do confirmation for our young people, make that connection between confirmation, but then also the sacrament of a reconciliation, of confession, and to say sometimes the things in our lives that we need to ask mercy for are not the things we've done bad, <laughs> but the things, the ways we've failed <laughs> to right. live out the responsibility of, 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 our, of our confirmation of the Spirit in our lives. And so uh, I'm glad you brought up that sense of uh, the kind of the challenge that confirmation is, that, that first um, promise that we make or that, that baptismal promise, do you reject Satan, right? <laughs> so it's kind of like, do you reject the world? Do you reject a, a life which is ordered to pleasure, power, possessions, or any kind of prestige as being the organizing principle of your life? And do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? Is, is, is your life open to something beyond yourself? And are you really to believe in the church in the sense of saying this is the way in which God continues to act? And are you, should you accept your mission from God, ready to witness to uh, the presence of God in your life and be a blessing for others? Our spiritual director is Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, and we're talking about the Sacrament of Confirmation, looking ahead to this upcoming Sunday, the Feast of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes upon the Church, and we each, if we have been baptized, if we've been confirmed, you and I, we have that same Holy Spirit that emboldened the apostles there at the birthday of the Church on the Feast of Pentecost. How have you been able to live out your confirmation, being that true witness of Christ? When have you experienced that grace from God, being emboldened to spread and defend your faith? We'd love to hear how you've lived out your confirmation. And our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue our conversation on the Sacrament of Confirmation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And we're talking about that sacrament of confirmation. When have you experienced that grace from God, uh, the Holy Spirit working in your life, making you that bold witness to the faith, spreading and defending your faith? Uh, Have you been able to live out that sacrament of confirmation? We'd love to hear how that has happened in your life. Our studio line is 888-914-9149. 888 You can also email innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father Michael, uh, before the break, you had made a comment that kind of stood out to me. I, I don't know if I've ever seen this uh, before at, you know, at my own confirmation, nor at any of the confirmations I've been at for uh, other friends or family or my kids. Um, but you mentioned that at some some confirmations, the bishop would give that little tap on the cheek, kind of that spiritual slap across the face saying, hey, recognize that this is something very important. And it made me think of a phrase that I heard years ago that the word sacrament literally means, the, the if it was to be translated literally, would mean an oath to the death. And any time that we are receiving any of the sacraments, it should be something so serious, so uh, profound, and that we need to say, am I willing to lay down my life? Am I willing to make that oath to the death to say, I believe what I am experiencing right here, what, I'm, what I am receiving in this sacrament, and it's okay if I die because my belief is so strong that this is really what God is calling me to be a part of. Yeah, no, and it's a reminder as well that when we receive the sacrament of confirmation, we truly are receiving that that spirit of, of Christ, that Holy Spirit, the love between the Father and the Son. And what does love do but give itself completely? And so I sometimes uh, when, when I've been involved in confirmations, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to uh, the teenagers, those who are being, and I'll say, you know, look up at the cross. <laughs> That's what love looks like, right? <laughs> that Jesus, you know, basically eschewed all of, pleasure, power, prestige, possessions, and simply love (laughs) looks like giving yourself completely. And by this sacrament you're receiving, you're saying to (laughs) the world, to your parents, to um, your other peers, uh, that I am ready to embrace a life of divine love, (laughs) which means giving of myself even if that means, you know, uh, you know, God willing, maybe not a persecution, but if it comes to that, absolutely, a, re- a rejection uh, from others simply because I'm conforming my life to Christ. And just as Christ's life led him to the cross, so too our own life is going to lead us to our own crosses, and yet I'm going to be empowered by the Spirit in my life. So, yeah, that's, that, that's definitely, um, it's not to be taken lightly, as you said. Yeah, well, and you, you know, you also mentioned the bishop being the one who celebrates that sacrament, and this is one where, you know, I, I remember hearing this a number of years ago that the bishop is the primary celebrant for this sacrament, which is different from almost any other sacrament, at least that a lay person would receive. You know, uh, for marriage, there might be a priest that's the witness or a deacon that's the witness, but, you know, they are the ministers themselves. Um, But for first confession, for baptism, for uh, first communion, it's typically just the local parish priest, the pastor of that parish, who is the one that is helping 
to be the minister for that. Why is the bishop so involved in this sacrament of confirmation? Yeah, no, as you said, the the bishop is the ordinary minister of confirmation. And and perhaps there's a couple of reasons. First of all, that, of course, the bishops are the successors of the apostles. And it's the apostles who, at their own Pentecost day, were the ones that primarily received confirmation. So they they may give it. And so there's the, the character of wherever there's a bishop, there is, in a sense, the church, because they are the successors of the apostles, uh, as called by Christ. And so it points to the public character of confirmation. That is, it's not just a private kind of, whereas, you know, there's a sense in which we're incorporated to the whole church. But because confirmation, especially it's come in the West, is that moment when uh, the person themselves speaks for themselves, and we do it a little bit later, the kind of spiritual maturity of age, it's only right to have ordinarily the person who stands for Christ in that local geographic area, the bishop, to be the person who gives that sense of sacrament, that sense of now I'm going to stand in a public way uh, to be another Christ, to uh, to identify as one called by Christ, um, and so just that 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 sense of uh, being a witness for the whole of the church, the entire church, and the bishop. That's what the bishop represents. But then also because the uh, the actual means used, so the the oil itself. Um, cannot be, I can't, as a priest, I can't, if you will, create chrism oil. <laughs> chrism oil can only uh, be blessed and create, if you will, create it, come to be uh, at the Mass, uh, which is usually proximate to Holy Thursday uh, in terms of practice, but the chrism Mass at which the oils for catechumenate and the oils for uh, anointing of the sick and for healing, and that chrism oil are, are actually blessed. And, and it, it, this, a lot of people don't, uh, if you've never been to a chrism Mass, you may not know that the blessing of the, of the oil that's to be chrism is almost analogous uh, to the Eucharist in the sense of um, consecration. So the bishop actually blows on the oil. He uh, extends his hands as, as he would for the epiclesis at the, at the consecration of the bread and the wine transformed into Jesus' body and blood. And in, so in an analogous way, it's not exactly the same thing, but in an analogous way, a similar way, the Holy Spirit actually infuses that oil in a particular way, and that can only be done by a bishop. And so because a bishop has that connection to the means of the sacrament, the sign of the sacrament, the symbol of the sacrament, he is the ordinary one to actually give the sacrament in that way. So those two reasons, I think, make that uh, the bishop the ordinary minister, although uh, this year, uh, with an emergency situation, I was given delegation, so I did all the confirmations here, here at our parish. So a priest can, if given delegation, do the sacrament. It's within right. his capacity and faculty. But the ordinary uh, minister is, is the bishop, for sure. But if you live in a city maybe that's not in the uh, uh, home city of the cathedral um, for whatever yes. diocese or archdiocese you're in, if you find out that there's going to be a confirmation mass at a local parish, you have a pretty good chance of maybe being able to see your, your bishop or your, or your archbishop there. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's and that's another. I think just in a practical way, uh, since uh, the bishops certainly and either bishop, your archbishop, your bishop, or your auxiliary bishop, depending on where you are, um, you know, doesn't tries to you know go to par, you know the, the the number of parishes. Confirmation becomes a kind of practical way where the bishop can come, uh, you know, be present to the parish and also just kind of just be um, be visible to the parish, you know, maybe make a parish visit or connect with uh, some of the uh, the Catholics there in his own his own clergy. So it, it's it, practically speaking, it it both 
is to give confirmation, but also just to kind of uh, connect with the community as such, too. So there's a, uh, a nice somewhat two-for-one <laughs> kind of practical uh Uh, reason there, too, as well. We're talking about the Sacrament of Confirmation. Our spiritual director is Father Michael Hurley. And how have you been able to live out that Sacrament of Confirmation in your life? How has the Holy Spirit been able to work in your life? When has that happened, that you've been that witness for Christ? Um, Might be something small. Might be in the way that you were able to help somebody else in a way that maybe when you were younger, before that, receiving that sacrament, you would have said, no, <laughs> I am not, I am not uh, uh, bold enough, I am shy, I'm not going to go out and help somebody there, or I'm not going to speak up when somebody is talking down about my Catholic faith. How have you lived that out in your life? Our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Michael, we've got Vincent, who's calling from Chicago. He's got a question here on the Sacrament of Confirmation. Hi, Vincent. Welcome to The Inner Life. I was confirmed in the fourth grade, and uh, that seemed quite young to me. What's your opinion? Yeah, no, that's a good—yeah, no, so I, I, I mean, I can give an opinion, but the Church, the church herself has had various different stages. Of, I, Thomas Aquinas talks about, so as a Dominican priest, I'm going to be <laughs> solicitous to, uh, <laughs> to have an opinion that is formed by uh, the great Dominican theologian Thomas Aquinas. He talks about confirmation— in terms of a kind of spiritual maturation process, so he sees he sees all the sacraments as being those um, uh, moments of uh, God to touch the different stages of our life. So just as we kind of have a natural growth from being born all the way to you know uh, kind of growing in adolescence and then kind of maturity and then kind of like a, the wintering of life as as we grow older, so too he sees the sacraments have that same sense of arc. Uh, in a way, and this might not necessarily be, you know, biological age, but he, he relates it spiritually to say there has to be some sense of it has a, it's fitting that there be a kind of spiritual maturity that is connected to the sacrament of confirmation. So uh, personally, I just and this is just my own anecdotal experience. I tend to think that uh, once uh, you know you kind of get into the uh, kind of elementary school, high school kind of age, that's about the right time period you want to be talking about, because especially in our culture, this is the time when you're kind of gaining a little more independence, you're beginning to maybe think for yourself a little bit more to really kind of be able to have the capacity to think about kind of the bigger questions of life and and who who you are as an individual, you know, vis-a-vis your own family experience. And so I've tended to think that it can be helpful to not be confirmed until, you know, you're kind of eighth grade or high school in that, that kind of age range. Well, thanks for the call, Vincent. I hope that helps uh, give some perspective there, too. And, you know, as you're talking about that, in my own uh, family, with I, I've had three daughters that have gone through and received the Sacrament of Confirmation. And I think it really did, you know, it, it, was, it was very beneficial for them to be at that older point in their teenage years. Um, We even had one daughter who uh, waited, you know, it's typical when they're juniors in high school, at least in our diocese, that they receive that sacrament. But she said, you know, I still want to just kind of look and learn a little bit more about this. So she waited a year just to be able to give it some more thought, consideration, and have a better understanding of what she was receiving in this sacrament, um, which her mother and I absolutely encouraged her and said, no, if you're going to receive the sacrament, we want you uh, to be 
all in and not just go through the motions because yeah. you see a bunch of other friends or, you know, uh, other people your age going through with it. Absolutely. And, and the other piece of it, just in a practical way that we might just touch on, is that oftentimes confirmation is a moment when you can uh, take a new patron or a new name. <laughs> we know, of course, in the Bible, the power uh, when God, you know, chooses you know, Abram and says, you know, I'm the father of many nations and, and changes his name to Abraham or, or uh, Simon, who's then, you know, he says, you're the rock, you're Peter, right? And so too, if confirmation can be a nice moment to, especially for the teenage years, to kind of, uh, kind of claim a patron, to be able to kind of, you know, pray about it, study about it, kind of look to uh, one of the great heroes or saints of the church to be a kind of companion guide uh, and if you will spiritual mentor <laughs> during that time of life and so that's and, and connecting it to the sacrament can be just a, a really wonderful spiritual exercise that can last the, the whole of your spiritual life the whole of your life in terms of uh, that sense of witness well and so for for you father michael who's which saint did you choose as your confirmation saint <laughs> Oh yeah, no, there's a, a little story behind it, and uh, I'll just start by saying I, I really think if you if you if you do it right, it's not just that you pick your confirmation saint name. I, the way I like to think of it is you do what you need. You 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 know invest your kind of prayer and study and investigation, but I think your your patron <laughs> has a part to play in choosing you, <laughs> right? So it's kind of a both and. So my confirmation saint is. Is Aloysius, uh, who is a uh, Gonzaga, who is a who is a, yeah, is a Jesuit priest. My... Yeah, yes, a Jesuit priest. I'm a Dominican. So I know. Gonna... No, that's all right. <laughs> so, so no, I, I I always think of the irony of that. But no, what I, I I basically it was it was uh, through prayer and study this this it was it was as if Aloysius uh, chose me. I, the, the advice I got was was to basically to pray about it and to see if you're inspired. So I I, I literally. Um, I pray, prayed and said, okay, God, whoever you want me to take, just have that name come to my mind. And the first name that popped in, the first word that popped into my head was Aloysius. And I had, it seemed like such a strange name. I, I, I frankly wondered if I, we had just like driven past, you know, Big Al's barbecue on the way home or something. Like I was, a, I was skeptical in every way. <laughs> and I thought, well, but that's just, that's what came to my heart. And uh, I ended up then researching who Aloysius uh, was. And he's the patron saint of young students and the purity of mind and heart. And I thought, wow, those are, <laughs> that's right where I am. So that seemed, it seemed very uh, apropos to me. And so I thought, okay, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, and, but I needed a little bit of confirmation <laughs> to use, uh, to use the word that, that, that Aloysius was my, my patron. And so I actually, um, on my, my confirmation day, they, the, the, the bishop, for whatever reason, didn't actually mention my confirmation name at that moment. And so later on, one of my family members, my grandfather said, um, <laughs> I didn't hear your confirmation name. Did you choose a good Irish saint like Aloysius? And I thought, oh, how did he know that was my, my name? I thought maybe my parents or someone told him. And uh, so then I went back and said, did you tell, you know, grandpa about my name? And my mom said, no. And, and so I went back to him the next week and I said, you know, grandpa, you, when you mentioned, um, a good Irish saint like Aloysius, you know, Aloysius isn't Irish at all. Why, why did you say that name? And his response was, I goes, I don't know. That was just the first name that popped into my head. 
<laughs> and I thought, wow, Aloysius chose me. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Irish, but I don't know if I would have said, uh, you know, a good Irish name like Aloysius. That would not have been the first no. name that would have come to my mind no. of a good Irish name. Well, <laughs> our so, so yeah. Our spiritual director is Father Michael Hurley. He's a Dominican priest with a, a Jesuit saint as his confirmation saint, and <laughs> oh, no. we're no. talking about we're talking about the sacrament of confirmation. And we're going to continue the conversation in just a moment. But I want to invite you into the conversation. How have you lived out your confirmation in your life? How have you been that witness for Christ? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. More to come right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California. I want to say thank you to Jim Shaper and Nick Sentovich, our producers who are running everything here behind the scenes and uh, helping to screen your calls, push all the right buttons at all the right times, and <laughs> make everything run smoothly here. I uh, also want to thank you for listening and being a part of The Inner Life. And again, if you uh, have that story about how you have been able to live out that sacrament, sacrament of confirmation in your life, we'd love to hear that. How have you had those moments? When has that happened? where you were able to defend your faith, where you were able to be that bold witness for Christ. Even at a time maybe you didn't think you would, but the Holy Spirit obviously gave you that strength, those words that you needed to speak at that moment. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Michael, let's go to Tim. He's listening in Fort Myers, Florida. Hi, Tim. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi, thank you. I just wanted to mention that uh, I was confirmed in eighth grade in Baltimore by uh, Cardinal Sheehan, and I really felt that is the point where my life propelled in my faith, my Christian and Catholic faith. And then I wanted to add one other comment that um, when I went to West Point at age 20, I don't know if you all are aware, but the the faith that you, uh, the training you received at West Point is also uh, very strong in the Christian and Catholic faith. And so I have a lot of classmates, probably a quarter of them that are actively involved in, uh, in ministries or uh, Bible studies or just within prayer groups that we have. So I don't know if that's uh, common across the military, but I know the academies have a strong, uh, have a strong support for, for our faith as well. So I just wanted to make that extra comment. Great. No, thanks, Tim. That's, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and I, 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 it certainly makes sense to me that um, if you are, uh, you know, connected to the military and kind of uh, serving your country, it would, it stands to reason that the idea of confirmation as being that sacrament of service, if you will, to witness to the faith 
uh, would be meaningful for you and go hand in glove with with that sense as we've been talking earlier about standing up for the faith and to witness to the faith and to, to be a light uh, to others in that way. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thanks, Tim. And and Father, as Tim was saying there, too, you know, having those classmates, having that community, that's also important here for this sacrament as well. You know, sometimes if we're talking about being a witness for Christ, we're looking and saying, well, what can I do or how do I make this happen? But being part of that larger faith community, you know, the apostles, they didn't just go out. It wasn't just Peter by himself and everybody else stayed, even though they received the Holy Spirit. It was all of the apostles working together and building up the church and helping to reach and proclaim Christ to others. So it is important that we don't just say, well, it's only me. we, We are part of that community. Absolutely. Even if we feel like we're in the moment we're acting by ourselves, to know we, we are supported by the whole of, of the Christian church. It was interesting that uh, yesterday I was talking about, I was coming to talk about the liturgy of the hours, and the point was made that right now, think of it this way, right now, every hour of the day in terms of the prayers of the church and mass is being said right now. So there's morning prayer, evening prayer, um, a morning mass, an evening mass, that the church is alive at prayer every second of every day, interceding to God for the salvation of the world. I just find that to be very, very powerful. And it, 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 it jogged my jogged my memory when you're talking about that sense of we, we never act alone. We're never alone, that we're connected as that body of Christ. And so our witness uh, redounds to the corporate whole. We, we are the effects of what we do go beyond what we could possibly imagine or be able to point out. Well, and so this has been kind of a Holy Spirit week here on The Inner Life. Uh, Monday, I mentioned to you, we already talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, all, all looking ahead towards this Sunday for the Feast of Pentecost. But with those gifts of the Holy Spirit, with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, without, you know, we don't need to go into all the detail of that, but those are things that just by virtue of our baptism, they're reinforced um, in a greater degree by our confirmation. As we look ahead to this Sunday, to the Feast of Pentecost, what's your recommendation on how we might just open ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit, allow ourselves to be those stronger witnesses, spreading and defending the faith, allowing for those gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, to just take root in our lives? Yeah, no, I I would suggest three practical things. First of all, I would make uh, some sort of special prayer or a kind of moment in which we place ourselves in the, the availability of God's grace. So, uh, what are we, Wednesday? If you, if you haven't been doing the, the kind of the full nine uh, days of novena, we've got what, Thursday, Friday? You got three days. You got to true to them. <laughs> I'd say for the next three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, to pray a prayer like the Come Holy Spirit prayer that we're familiar with. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. And so praying down the Holy Spirit, expecting that God is eager to be part of your life. That's the first kind of thing. So to, to make some sort of a prayer or moment each day whereby you anticipate uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. The second thing is to ask yourself in, in a real practical way, what gift of the Holy Spirit might God wanting to give me or to be part of my life in a new way? As you know, that you've, you talked about the, that sense of the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not in our control. The Holy Spirit, like the wind, <laughs> blows where it wills, blows where it wills. But 
<clears throat> those gifts are those dispositions of those instincts, like the, the, the sail of a ship in order to kind of catch that wind and to move. And so ask yourself, could it be a gift of wisdom or of knowledge or of understanding or the gift of counsel or piety or courage or fear of the Lord? And taking not to get into what each one does, but that sense in which there is a, a way in your life right now that the Lord wants to blow and move you and nudge you and direct you. The question is, are you ready for it? And so to ask, if you could have one of those gifts, just pick one to be available to come Sunday and into as we launch then into the, the great feasts of the church in Corpus Christi and then in ordinary time, um, really focus on that and to, to be attentive to that. And then finally, hopefully it's a Sunday, to receive the sacraments, to come to, to go to church, to receive the Eucharist. And as you receive the Eucharist, to then, once again, in your own heart, open yourself up to the fullness of that love, which is the Father and the Son. The proper name of the Holy Spirit is love, Thomas Aquinas says. And so as you receive the sacrament of love, to open yourself up to that spirit of love, that the Lord might empower you in every way. So those are some practical suggestions uh, for this uh, this Pentecost day. Well, and I'm also going to recommend if somebody uh, heard you mention that Holy Spirit prayer, uh, come Holy Spirit. Yes. That, that's yes. an easy one to find on the Relevant Radio app. <laughs> so if you have not downloaded Great. the Relevant <laughs> Radio app, do so on your uh, mobile device, your smartphone, your tablet, uh, whatever it is. And uh, up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little icon that says Pray. And if you tap on that and just go to basic prayers, you'll find that come Holy Spirit prayer. Um, and it is, it's actually the prayer that I pray before going on the air every day here on The Inner Life. And uh, without fail, the Holy Spirit helps to guide the conversation. Um, so I highly recommend it. Uh, Father Michael, as we are down to just our last minute or so here, could I ask you to offer everyone listening a blessing as we conclude the hour? All right, so let us pray. O oh God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that in that same Spirit you might be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California. He has been our spiritual director today. Father Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and talk about the Sacrament of Confirmation. And if you missed any part of the conversation, of course, you can always go back and listen and hear the entire hour at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, where you'll find the podcast of this show and all of our shows, um, especially if, uh, if you're looking ahead towards this Sunday, the Feast of Pentecost. Like I say, it's kind of our Holy Spirit week here. Uh, we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit on Monday, and coming up tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Father Ethan Southard is going to be our spiritual director, and I encourage you to tune in tomorrow for that. Of course, we have Mass that's coming up next right here here on Relevant Radio, and Father Edward Looney is our celebrant today, so I hope you stay tuned for that, as well as for The Faith Explained with Cale Clark right after Mass, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. I want to encourage you, along with praying that Holy Spirit prayer, if you do not pray the rosary every day, you need to start doing that. It will make such a difference in your life, and if you're dealing with some sort of issue, maybe it's an addiction, maybe you've got anger issues, pray that rosary. It will make such a difference in your life, and it'll change your outlook on everything. Make sure to pray that rosary. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Have a wonderful day.
is not doom and gloom. This is the time to be Catholic in the fullest sense of the word. In the face of whatever may be coming, let's be radical followers of Jesus Christ. Let's be bold. Let's be out front. Let's speak the truth in love, always in love. But you got to speak the truth. I mean, the love part, that's pretty easy. The speak the truth part is not so easy. So don't be afraid of whatever may be coming. The Patrick Madrid Show, 8 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio.